0: what's going on york's here welcome to york's talks how we doing hope everybody had a solid weekend monday december 21st we are at christmas week which is just crazy december went by ridiculously fast i don't know where the time went i don't get it (laughs) i just don't know where all the time is going maybe just being uh Cooped up it's just making the clock go fast and the days are blurring together that's probably what it is but uh yeah how's everybody doing hope hope like I said hope you had a solid weekend mine was great a lot of good sports out there to watch hope hope you did the same uh, watched there was a good college football we had the the uh, conference championship games I didn't watch every game but there's a few I uh, tuned in for uh, northwestern versus Ohio State for the Big Ten championship Northwestern probably should have won that game. On uh, Ohio State, they were ranked, I believe, fourth going into that game. Remember, they their game against Michigan got postponed, and they there was news they were maybe going to play Texas A&M. That didn't really formulate. And so they got to this game. And, uh, yeah, Justin Fields, uh, quarterback for the Buckeyes, he's projected to go number two overall in this upcoming episode. A- NFL draft he had an awful game he was horrendous and we're talking maybe 10 completions threw it about 30 times he was awful and uh yeah Northwestern they were dominating the game they just did not take the most uh did not make the most of their chances had a couple of turnovers in the red zone and Ohio State was just able to run the ball, get the ball out of field's hands, and just run it, a lot of ground and pound. The defense came up with some stops and those turnovers in the red zone, and they were able to hold on and win convincingly. And then yet another game I watched, the SEC. This was hyped. This was supposed to be the game of the weekend on Saturday. I don't know why this wasn't a night game. I don't really understand. But it was the rematch earlier in – actually on election night, these two teams played. And uh, it was uh, Clemson against Notre Dame. Notre Dame won the first matchup, although there was no there was no Trevor Lawrence. And uh, it looked like Notre Dame was going to, you know, they came out hot. They came out on fire uh, with a lot of energy, and they forced Trevor Lawrence into a mistake. And I was like, oh, okay, they're playing well. The Irish are playing well here. But at the end of the first quarter, Clemson was up 7-3. to three. Just so many missed opportunities in that first quarter by Notre Dame, and that completely cost them. The game. I mean, after that, the Tigers, they just, they, they boat raced them. It was complete lockdown defense. Irish couldn't do anything on, um, and then on the other side of the ball, Trevor Lawrence was dealing for Clemson. He got into a groove and yeah, they, they won hand. They won just, I don't even know the word. I mean, I, I (laughs) want, there's a word I want to use, but I'm not going to use it, but I mean, I, it was just, wow. They, they, they demolished them. It, It wasn't even close. And uh, yeah, people thought that it would be, you know, a better matchup, but it it really wasn't. Then you had the SEC game against Alabama and Florida competitive, but Alabama eventually they just showed their dominance. And so now the college football playoff is set. Uh, Number one, we got Alabama after them is Clemson. Number three is Ohio State. And then in that last spot is Notre Dame. So Those four teams are set. We already know it's going to be Alabama and Clemson. It's just a shame. So one thing that college football, and I don't know if it's their fault, but every year it's the same thing. The SEC conference is good. You know, you have LSU. LSU had a down year because they lost so many people in this year's draft. But, you know, they're normally a powerhouse with Coach O. Go Tigers. Uh and, uh, you know, we know about Nick Saban in Alabama. But then you have Auburn, who had a down year. You have Florida having a good year. Uh, it's just, you know, you have the SEC, which is a good conference. Then you have Clemson. And Notre Dame was a surprise this year. So, but Clemson in the ACC. And then you have Ohio State in the Big Ten. And that's it. And so that's the bummer. It's just like there's not enough competition in in the other – conferences to really make the college football playoff exciting because if you put a team like i don't know for a while byu was ranked really high but then they went and played i forget who they lost to oh yeah they lost to like some random school and they, they get destroyed there i mean they, like we're, we're kidding ourselves when, like with the with the ranking all that really matters is the top four spots in the college football ranking and, and even if even if those teams I just named aren't in those top four spots, we we know that they're the better teams, right? It doesn't it doesn't matter. It's just you have just way better athletes on teams in the SEC, on Clemson, on Ohio State. That those are the power schools. Similar to basketball in the past, well, maybe not this season. Kentucky's been losing a lot. Speaking of college basket hoops, but. Uh, in the years I used to watch college basketball, I mean I still watch March Madness but I used to watch a lot of college basketball, especially in high school. It was Kentucky and Duke and teams teams like that where they had all the great players. Kentucky had all the freshmen that would come in and dominate Duke as well. You think of I, um, Michigan is a good basketball school then of players like that. So you know there's certain conferences that it, like dominate certain sports and in the football it's sec in basketball it's the acc for college and so yeah i mean that's just kind of how it is i don't know how you change it eventually maybe you get a, a certain coach in there that moves things up um you know i think in matt rule for uh baylor he got the job now for the panthers and you know there's, there's certain things like that where people ebb and flow but normally the conferences uh stay strong throughout and then you maybe just have. One team in some random conference that has a solid year, and then that coach gets a job maybe in the NFL or a better job in a better conference and things like that. But the best thing I watched this weekend by far was golf. And that might seem a little bit crazy to say, but uh there was it was Tiger, Tiger Woods, and the Tiger Cub, his son, Charlie. And it was outstanding watching these two. I, I, again, I didn't see much of it, but I I got to see some highlights for whatever reason. They teed off at about six in the morning on, um, I think it was Saturday and we didn't get coverage until about the afternoon, which made no sense because that's what you want to watch. And I mean, it was, they were just freaking adorable out there on Saturday. They were wearing like matching, matching stuff, right? Sunday, uh, Tiger always wears red on Sunday with the black hat and his son was out there doing the same thing. There was a video I saw on Twitter at John Merrick if you want to follow me. I think I retweeted it where it's a side by side comparison of the two of them teeing off scary. It's really cool. So, it seems like his kid genuinely loves uh genuinely loves golf too. So, uh it's just it, it it's it was awesome to see. Like it was really cool to uh to watch this weekend. Because, uh, yeah, he's only 11. I was looking up his age. If you heard the, te- if you heard the keyboard there, I was typing in his age. I'm um, trying to figure out how old he was. 11 years old. Man. Crazy. That guy was was smoking drives. He had an eagle on Saturday. <laughs> it's just absurd. Or, that might have been Friday. He had an eagle. Like, I... All is, I mean, it was just crazy, man. So good. And so, yeah, that was really awesome to see. Big fan of Tiger, right, um, that when he won the Masters la- last year. I mean, huh. that was a moment, man. You just – you don't forget things like that. I've talked about, like, Kobe Bryant's last game as a – like, last game in the NBA. I, I remember, like, where I was. Like, what – and, like, same with, like, the Tiger Woods thing. I remember, like, where I was for that. Incredible. Just awesome. All right, well, that's it for the intro here. <laughs> let's let's get back down to business. So normally, uh, we're already talking about football by now, the NFL more specifically. But I just wanted to go over those couple things that really stood out this weekend. It was a very exciting weekend in sports for sure. All right, but uh, I think what, another thing that made it most exciting was football, obviously, the NFL. Uh, let's recap that action on, on – um, well, we'll recap the action on Sunday. I'm, I'm all thrown up because we had Saturday football as well. Uh, in the NFL, so let's start there. Uh, the Buffalo Bills—they dominated the Broncos, forty-eight to nineteen. The Bills look—I uh, mean, like the second best. I want to say they look like the best team because they're playing the best football right now. But you I mean you can't really bet against the Chiefs, which I—you know—we'll talk about that game at near the end of the episode here. But uh, they looked outstanding on Saturday. It was just a clinic from start to finish. Obviously, they're a better team than Denver, but I did highlight on Friday's episode that this could be kind of a trap game for them where, you know, they've had a couple of emotional weeks. They go into Denver, right? They're not, you know, they might be thinking it's going to be a cakewalk and, you know, it could have been a really close game. But they got in there and I said that I trust this coaching staff to get them ready. They have long-term goals for the season, you know, aspirations of a Super Bowl. And it, with this win, they clinched the division. So it made just a ton of sense. Um, I thought they were going to come out strong, and they did. Josh Allen was outstanding. His accuracy has been the big storyline this year. He's improved tremendously on his throws down the field. He had four total TDs in this one, two passing two on the ground. Um, Speaking of the ground game, that's the kicker here because they have not been able to run the ball well. And against the Broncos front, which is very talented, got a lot of good players there, even with all their injuries. Vic Fangio, good defensive coach. They had 183 yards on the ground. Um, Their rookie, Zach Moss, he's really starting to prove himself. Devin Singletary had a 50-yard run in this game as well. Um, Good showing by them. But how about the wide receivers on the outside for the Bills here? Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley. Not to mention, they're going to get John Brown back. They might hold him out for the rest of the regular season. We will see. But man, could be the best wide receiver core in the NFL. I'm not. I'm, I'm not kidding. Like just based on production alone, what you're getting for Cole Beasley here. I mean, oh, you're paying him not that much. I mean, he's been outstanding. Eight receptions for 112 yards on Saturday, and then Stephon Diggs. He's been the best. Best, or you can make an argument. He's been the best. I think he's been the best wide receiver this year in the NFL. Nobody has done more for their team this year than Stephon Diggs. Because he comes in, he has over 100 receptions. He's got over 1,000 yards, 11 catches for 147 yards Saturday. Just tremendous, man. The defense is cooking as well. They had a pick six, or it was either a fumble return or a pick six. I can't remember. Uh, but they're solid as well. Sean McDermott's getting them into form. They're hot, man. Again, they're a, hail, they're a hail Mary way from winning eight straight. Uh, nobody circles the wagons quite like Buffalo, and they are on track, man, to really make some noise in the playoffs. I hope that they can stay with it and keep it going, man. Because I mean, I think that the dynasty's here, man. Again, I've I've spoken about Buffalo a lot. I got a soft spot for them. Uh, I really do. I've been a huge fan of Josh Allen since day one, and uh, you know, I love their GM. I love their head coach. They got that that harmony right, and uh, I just love what they're doing there. I am—I mean, Bills Mafia is sick. They're amazing, and so yeah, that was a huge win for them. And uh, I can't wait to see them in the postseason. Second game we had on Saturday: the Packers against the Panthers, and Green Bay took care of business like they, like I said they were going to. They won twenty four to sixteen. I'm gonna start with the Panthers because obviously they—you—you you knew Green Bay was gonna win this game, but they fight, man. They, they fight. They, they've been a really fun team to watch this year. And I, I was completely wrong on them. I thought they were going to be kind of in the, um, you know, maybe win two games at most. I thought they were going to be awful because they lost so many people on the defensive side. Uh, there was a stat that they threw up in this game. They have the most defensive snaps by rookies this year, and it's not even close. They are extremely young, but they got a lot of talent out there. They're rookie Safety, I believe, it's not, I don't think it's Jeremy Chin. It could be. Uh, their safety, he was a third rounder. And then their second uh, second year player, defensive end, Brian Burns, who rushes the passer, he's great. I love what Matt Rule has done this year. They're competitive. They stay in games. And, you know, that's the thing, is you always want to be, that. that's what you want. I remember when the year before, uh, the year that Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, and the year before we had him, when Kyle Shanahan was the head coach, all I wanted was, okay, we're, we're trying to rebuild this. All I want is us to be competitive. And those couple years we were, and then last year everything comes together. We make it to a Super Bowl. We come up a little bit short, but still. Now like we're kind of established that we had that solid foundation year where we're like, okay, we're going to start to build on this, and then we're going to go and try to compete. And so the Niners are a couple bucks ahead of the Panthers right now, but I love what they're doing. I really do. I think Matt Rule's come in. He's established that culture. They've been in almost every game this year. There was another stat that they threw up in this game where there, um, there were seven, I believe, seven games that have been one score, and the Panthers have had the ball in their last possession where they neither need like a field goal or a touchdown to win the game or things like that, and they failed every time, whether it's like a turnover on downs, an interception, a fumble, a couple missed field goals, things like that, and then... Saturday night, it was no different. They uh, couldn't – they tried to do a Hail Mary thing. It didn't work out. They ran out of time. The game was over. But I love – I mean, I, I, I can't say enough about Matt Rule, what he's done for this team. And um, they they just – I hope they find the right GM. Because that's, that's what they've been doing this year. They don't have a GM right now. They were one of the few teams that uh, – they didn't hire one i don't think for the draft. I think it was just all Matt Rule due to the covid stuff. Uh, so i really hope that they find the yang to matt rule's yin, right? You need that harmony like i talk about where that head coach that head coach gm partnership has to be uh, is it symbiotic? Is that how it works where it's you like it's give and take like you both gain from being together? Is that the right – oh, man, science is not my strongest subject. I believe I used that word correctly, but that's what you need. So I'm hoping that they find that. And I, I'm just excited to watch this team in uh, the next couple of years. They could be a team to look out for next season where they come out of nowhere because you got a lot of, like I said, a lot of young defensive players. They get an extra year in that system. They actually get to go, hopefully, knock on wood, that this COVID stuff has done by next year's regular season. They get to go out there and actually have, like, you know, solid training camp with OTAs and preseason games. They get, you know, a solid draft class to improve on, right, get more defensive places, get an offensive lineman, things like that. And so, you know, Carolina with with Teddy Bridgewater, they have a solid uh, cast of weapons on the other side too. We got McCaffrey, the talented wide receivers. Um, You know, they could really start making – Making some noise, I think, in two seasons for them where they really start competing against the Saints and the Bucks. But look out. They, they could be a surprise wildcard team next year. Let's quickly talk about Green Bay, though. Again, we knew that they were going to win this game. I didn't want to spend too much time talking about the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he threw his 40th touchdown pass. It's his third time in his career that he's done that. Um, 40, I mean, that's insane. 40 TD passes in the regular season. Third time, he's, he's incredible. Aaron Jones had a good night, 145 yards and a touchdown. The fence was solid. I did want to say, though, uh, it was 21-3 to at half. Packers only scored three points in the, in the second half. They've done that a couple times now, and it didn't bite them in the butt here, but it did against the Colts a few weeks back. And uh, I, I don't know. And they were also – the Carolina Panthers also had five sacks on Saturday. This is an offensive line that's been great. They've only allowed fourteen all year, so uh, you know something to watch for. I, I, I don't know. I'm not sold on Green Bay. I'll, I'll keep saying it. I, 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 it's a big test next week. Sunday Night Football. They play the Titans. Big test for them if they can contain Derrick Henry. If not, it's going to be a long night. But um, yeah, I, I, I just, I just don't trust them long term. Still. I mean, they're going to win their division. They're going to win a playoff game. But I I don't know if they can win a Super Bowl the way that they're built right now. I'm really not sure. All right, let's move to the Sunday games. I spent a lot of time talking about Carolina. I'm excited about them. Let's move Sunday. I'll try to be quicker here. Uh, So first things first. Oh, my goodness. Atlanta. Oh, the Falcons, man. They just can't finish games this year. I don't know what it is. They were up twenty-four to seven in the third quarter with eight minutes left. They find a way to lose this game to the Bucks, thirty-one to twenty-seven. I don't get it. It's at a point where I just I don't have an answer. I'm speechless. I'm stunned. I I don't know how you let this happen. I don't get it. Um, it amazes me that so many teams in this league have no idea what to do when they have a lead when they're up multiple scores in a game I, it, it, I it's just appalling to me I I'm I, I just I'm stunned that so many teams don't know what to do I mean shoot even if you played like Madden on like like the Madden video game and you're up multiple maybe you're playing like a career mode or you're playing online and you have a lead you know what to do like, you know, okay, like, nothing's stupid. I'm not going to, you know, try to – if you're really trying to win or you're playing your friend, it's like, okay, nothing's stupid. You're going to try to take care of the ball, run some clock, things like that. I mean, that's, that's the first step is, like, you need to run the ball. Like, it's not – the Bucks' enemy is the clock here because they're in that – they're down three scores. So the Bucks' enemy here is time. So don't give them time. Run the ball. Try to pick up some first downs, things like that. You know how many times the Falcons ran it yesterday? If you had to guess. Hint, not a lot. They didn't run it a lot, and that's absurd. 13 times. They only ran it 13 times for 37 yards. And you could say, well, the Bucs defense. But when you're up 24-7 to in the third quarter, how the hell do you not run the ball? It was just, I don't get it. How the hell do you not run the ball more than 13 times? I don't care if you go three and out. If you play the play clock correctly, right, there's like 30, 35 seconds, give or take, around there. That's at least a minute and a half, if not two minutes off the clock. If you're doing that consistently, I mean, you take off so much time. And then you you force the Bucks to have to sling it more. You maybe your defense gets more aggressive. They send a blitz. Maybe they get home. They get a turnover. Game's over. But they don't do that now. Tom Brady he's he loves he loves the moment. He loves coming back from behind, especially when it's against the Falcons. Case in point, that Super Bowl when it was they were up. Oh my goodness, twenty four to three, right? <laughs> and, and they found a way to lose that game too. So he had to come back, and he was great. Almost four hundred yards passing and two touchdowns. Uh, he had one to Antonio Brown, who scored for the first time since he was a Patriot. Uh, and yeah, man. But here are Atlanta's drives in the second half, right? They had the, te- they had the touchdown to go up twenty-four to seven. After that, they had a punt, then a punt. Both of those by the- both of those drives, by the way, three and out. So they didn't get a first down on either of those drives. They get a field goal, then a punt, then a turnover on downs. I don't know how you have this. I don't. I don't know. You could say like, well, the Bucks made good adjustments. They're the better team. You're up twenty-four to seven, eight minutes to go in the third quarter. I don't get it. I I'm stunned. I, I don't understand. The only thing more frustrating is probably the Niners losing to the Cowboys. So Let's get to that real quick. They beat. I guess okay with Tampa again. I, we'll talk more about them on Thursday. But you know, it was a win that they. I don't know if they need it in the NFC, but, you know, they got the job done. Uh, Tom Brady was great. The Cowboys beat the Niners 41-33. to I figured it out with Nick Mullins, by the way, the quarterback for the Niners. He's just irresponsible with the ball. He's just irresponsible. That's what it is. I like, it, <laughs> There are just times where he just doesn't have to make a throw, or he just has to take care of the ball, and he can't do it. Three turnovers again for him. Two interceptions. Had a fumble as well. Put the defense in terrible situations. Say what you want about the about the amount of yards that they allowed Dallas to have. I mean, the defense is banged up too. Fred Warner was out there playing, but he's not at one hundred percent. You could tell. Raheem Mostert for the offense got injured. Uh, just been a, it's been a really tough season. Okay, <laughs> as a Niner fan, all right, it's been really tough. A lot of a lot of uh, a lot of bullshit and a lot of nonsense. So. uh which I think is the same word. But anyways, you know, uh, it's rough. But this just proves why quarterback is so, is so important. I mean, it's uh, – Nick Mullins just can't run Kyle Shanahan's offense. Can't do it. Can't Cannot do it. So, yeah, I can't wait for Jimmy Garoppolo to come back. Mullins will probably still be on the team as, you know, maybe the third string backup. I imagine that we'll get a rookie quarterback in there and we'll go, we'll, we'll go again next season. We'll go again next season. Uh, Just again, nothing, nothing went right this year. When it rains, it pours. And it was, it was more than a pour. It was a monsoon in the Bay area, which we aren't even in anymore. We're going to finish out the season in Arizona because Santa Clara is like, yeah, you know, you can't play sports here. Uh, so, ugh, it's just it's just sad, man. It really is. Uh, we do have a chance to play spoiler these next two weeks, though. These are huge division games for our opponents, uh, the the uh, Seahawks and the Cardinals. So, we could be playing spoiler and keep one of them, or keep, keep the Cardinals out of the playoffs, or keep Seattle from getting a higher seed. So, there's that. Uh, talking about Dallas real quick, they have a chance to make the playoffs, which is just absurd to even say. Uh, But they're only one game back. They play Washington this weekend. And, uh, you know, they did enough to get the job done in this one. They capitalized on the Niners' mistakes. And on top of the three Mullins' turnovers, we had a fumbled punt, which was outstanding. Uh, Tony Pollard stepped in for Zeke Elliott, who did not play. And he's looked really good. Second-year player for them. Uh, He had two touchdowns, had the uh, game-winning score late in the fourth quarter. It was like a 50-plus-yard run. Uh, Yeah, he was outstanding. C.D. Lamb did just put... Uh, the icing on the cake or insult to injury, depending on what your point of view is. Uh, he returned an onside kick to the house. That's the second time that's happened this year, which is crazy. Like, I feel like I've only seen that, like, once in a blue moon, and now I've seen it twice this year. Absurd. Uh, so, yeah, the NFC East is, you know, we know um, maybe at this point dumpster fire is a little harsh, but you're going to have a team host a playoff game with either a 8-8 and record, or like seven and nine. So yeah. Interesting. I still want Washington to win. Go Washington. Um, yeah. <laughs> Freaking Niners, dude. Unbelievable. The Titans. They took care of business. They beat the Lions 46 to 25. This was a route. Ryan Tannehill, have a day, son. Five total TDs three passing, two on the ground. He had a Superman dive, a little 20-yard scramble for the pylon. King Henry, all hail, 150 rushing yards and a touchdown. I do – again, Tennessee's not – Tennessee's offense is not the issue. They are firing on all cylinders. I believe they have the most points scored this year. Tennessee, the team that's known as like the ground and pound with the play action, they have the most points scored this year. They're outstanding. But the defense – is what I want to discuss in this one. They forced three turnovers, which is good. Uh, they got a stop on the goal line, a fumble by DeAndre Swift. That's good turnover. Uh, you know, three fumbles a day, which was solid. But once again, no sacks for the Titans' defense in this game against the Lions, who were missing their center Frank Ragno, who is their you know line caller. He does a bunch of stuff for them. You know, one of their best linemen, and I, I, that's a huge concern. Come playoff time. It really is. And I think that's going to be their downfall next Sunday night against the Packers. Uh, because you give Aaron Rodgers time, he's going to pick you apart. And I don't think, and so, yeah, I think if they cannot get after Rodgers, then they're really going to struggle. I mean, they, they allowed 430 yards of offense by the lions. That's, I mean, that's absurd. I mean, so how many are you going to allow the Packers? Right. I mean, it's, It could be a disaster. they got to figure out how to get after the quarterback. And I don't know if they have enough time to do it. I don't know if they have the personnel to get it done. Very quickly, I wanted to touch on the Lions and Matt Stafford. Uh, So no Kenny Galladay again this whole season, right? He's probably going to get shut down. He's injured. His thumb is messed up. He's got, like, rib rib problems kind of similar to drew Brees, although not as severe but he's still out there man and uh, you, you like you can question stafford's a quarterback play but the one thing that you cannot question is his toughness this guy is just a warrior he just battles through everything and he had a decent game but again i don't know what the i don't know what detroit's problem is because their offense you look at the players that got out there very talented You know, we touched on Galladay. He hasn't played this year. Marvin Jones is a very solid weapon. He had a great day, over 100 yards and a touchdown. DeAndre Swift, their rookie, he looks like the running back of the future. You got TJ Hawkinson, who, you know, he he puts the ball on the ground sometimes with drops, and then he also had a fumble in this game. Uh, But they have a really solid, you know, they're building an offensive line. I guess it's the defensive side of the ball, but they still have players there. They just got to find the right head coach, and I hope that they do that. I really do. The Colts, they beat the Texans 27-20. to Another brutal loss against the Colts for the Texans. So a couple weeks ago, these two teams played, and Houston was driving down with a chance to win the game. They were only down six, and the center had a low snap. Deshaun Watson couldn't handle it. It was a fumble. Colts recovered. Game over. Same, similar situation happened yesterday. They're driving down Deshaun Watson. It's a fourth and five, 20 seconds left. At the Colts 20, or the Colts like 15, fourth and five, got to have it, game on the line, no timeouts. He hits Kiki Cutie, his wide receiver, in the slot. He hits him up the middle. Kiki Cutie's trying to score, trying to get in the end zone, and he fumbles at the two-yard line. Ball bounces around, goes into the end zone. Colts recover, game over. So brutal for the Texans. Again, this is another team where their record doesn't necessarily indicate how good that they are. Um, It's just been a brutal season for them. And the future looks bleak, but on the bright side, you have Deshaun Watson. I just wanted to say his stats because what he's doing, considering the pieces around him, incredible. 33 of 41 for 373 yards, two touchdowns, Uh, outstanding, man. He picked up some first downs with his feet as well. Ah, uh, David Johnson, who came back off the IR, he had ten catches in this game for over a hundred yards. If you had him on your fantasy team, he probably won you the week because you're not expecting that production from David Johnson. Uh, it was outstanding. Um, John, how are you doing in your fantasy? Oh, I've been dead for four weeks. We don't talk about it. next year. Yeah, there was a pandemic. I I wasn't. My head wasn't. Think I don't know. Fantasy's a cruel mistress. That's all I'm going to say about that. But, yeah, uh, just brutal for the Texans. I hope that they find the right GM. I hope that Deshaun Watson gets insight on that. Uh, there's, I, I believe the list is now up to six teams that need a GM. So, yeah, I'm hoping that they they find the right guy in Houston that can turn this bad boy around because you got your franchise quarterback locked down for at least five more seasons. For the Colts, good win for them. They had to take care of business, and they did. Unfortunately, they didn't cover the seven and a half. We'll get into that later. Uh, but Phil Rivers has had a solid day at the office. Uh, Zach Pascal, a guy we haven't talked about a lot this year because he has been on IR for the majority of the season. He came back, and this one he's been back these past couple weeks, had two touchdowns, the rookie Jonathan Taylor. he's getting He's getting going. They look like a scary team. They really do. Sticking with the AFC here, the Dolphins they beat the Patriots twenty-two to 12, twenty-two to twelve. Excuse me, Tua to Tungavailoa, he uh, he took care of business in this one. It wasn't pretty, but the, their head coach Brian Flores he's not gonna he's not gonna you know leave his quarterback out to dry. He's not gonna put him in situations where he can't succeed. Uh, Twenty of twenty-six for one hundred and forty-five yards and interception. Uh, the pick was in the red zone. That was really bad. Uh, it's just an awful throw by him. But again, it's a lot of checkdowns, a lot of dump downs, uh, you know, a lot of dink and dunk down the field, try to run the ball, which they did. They had over 200 yards on the ground against New England, which is outstanding. He had two rushing TDs as well. Uh, considering that they didn't have any of their weapons either, no Mike Kosicki, their tight end, who's been outstanding these past few weeks, no Devontae Parker, who we know is, who's, who we know is great, no Jakeem Grant, so that hurt their special teams and their wide receiver core, and they still found a way to get it done. Miami's defense, I credit for the reason. They're the reason for that, I should say. Uh, 20 straight games now with a turnover. 20 straight games. Crazy to me. Uh, So, yeah, that was why I felt so good about Miami in this one. I know that Bill Belichick is a guru against rookie quarterbacks, but – uh, my 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 concern going in was how the hell is Cam Newton gonna move the ball, and that I mean, and that was the the answer was he couldn't. Uh, the Patriots were two of nine on third down. Cam Newton looks just awful throwing a football. It is horrendous. I think his shoulder's still messed up from that injury he had in Carolina, and I mean it, his throwing motion is just. All out of whack, man. It is brutal. I could go out there and sling it probably better. Now, I, I I'm a pretty accurate passer. I'm I, I don't have a cannon. I, I I can't throw it very far, so I could do the dink and dunk. But man, uh, it's brutal watching him throw the ball. It's really it's really horrendous. Another thing that Brian Flores did, which I thought was really solid in this game, is that the game plan he he put in, uh, got the job done. You could tell that he, again, wanted to take the ball out of two of his hands, didn't want to have, force his quarterback to go out there and win the game, and he wanted to establish a running game. He did both those things, and then when you establish a running game, you take a lot of time off the clock, and you give the other team a lot of, um, you know, less time to work with, which means the Patriots had to go out there and sling it and throw it and cause them to make mistakes or not convert on third and long, things like that. Miami dominated possession. 38 minutes they had the ball. Compared to the Patriots, twenty-two. So yeah, all those factors really uh, added up to a solid Miami win, and uh, they they look like they could maybe sneak in here. Their next two games are brutal, like I said. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, tomorrow I will do a playoff bracket summary once once all the games are completed. We still got one more game tonight. All right, m- shifting to the NFC North, we got the Bears with Ditka and the Polish they beat the Vikings on the road thirty-three to twenty seven. This is so frustrating. Because here the Bears are at seven and seven. And they, they 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 didn't have to be. They they could have won more games. I don't know why it took till the end of the season to figure out how to run the freaking ball and score, but it did. I, I don't understand why. But it's just so upset. How about David Montgomery though? Oh, my gosh. He's been on a tear these past four weeks. 32 carries in this one for 146 yards and two tutties to go along with that. Fantastic. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, he was having a good game until the fourth quarter when he threw an interception in the red zone and almost let Minnesota get back into the game. But the Bears defense, which they've done all year, steps up and gets two crucial stops on fourth down. They get it done. They get an interception to end off the game as well. Uh, yeah, they're on the outside looking in right now. Chicago is with Arizona winning. They're still a game back. They have to win out. Chicago does. Um, they had, they play the Jaguars next week, so hopefully that's a win. But, you know, it's the Bears, so we never know. And then the week after that, it's Green Bay. But Green, the Packers could be wrestling player at, players at that point in the season. So who knows? Also, we need Arizona to lose a couple games, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Minnesota, again, this was a very back and forth game. They came out early. Uh, the their defense just couldn't get enough stops. They are young, like the Panthers. Uh, cousins did miss some throws. They were four. They were only four of eleven on third down. Uh, they did make some mistakes in the red zone too, like the Bears did. Uh, just a really. It was a solid game. It really was. The Bears' just defense was a little bit better, and they came out on top. The Seattle Seahawks, they beat the Washington football team, and they clinched a playoff berth. So let's start with Washington, though. Dwayne Haskins, he was named the starter. Alex Smith was a scratch with a calf injury, could not go. And uh, he, yeah, I was rooting for him. I thought maybe he'd come out there, pull off the upset, but, yeah, he just couldn't do it. To be fair, though, not all his fault. He had to throw 55 times yesterday. I... You don't want your quarterback – you don't want any quarterback in this league having to throw 55 times. They miss their rookie running back Antonio Gibson dearly, and he's only been gone for two and a half games. And they need him so badly. It's They just can't run the ball without him. They can't. They had about 22 carries for 80-something yards. It just doesn't get it done. you you, you got to be able to run the ball in this league. You have to be able to do it. Keep your offense balanced. Sets up play action. It just does so much for your offense. And so many teams just can't do it in this league. And that's one of the reasons that they um, come up short in their games. And, you know, it it's just a shame. It's a bummer when, like, one player goes out and it completely, like, demolishes your game plan. But that's what Antonio Gibson is for this Washington football team. Like, he keeps them balanced. Because they got great weapons on the outside. Terry McLaurin, who I talked about a bunch second year wide receiver you have their tight end who just came out of nowhere had 11 catches in this game is it logan allen that sounds correct it could be logan thomas one it's allen or thomas one of those guys he plays tight end for washington okay uh they got you know a couple other guys on the outside too but yeah they just with mckissick and it's just not enough the defense kept, kept them in the game, though, for a lot of it, if not for a 50 yard touchdown run, touchdown run by Carlos Hyde. It really could have been interesting near the end, but they just got, could not get it done. Russell Wilson, he had a decent game. You could tell he was frustrated. That front four by Washington is no joke. It really is solid. Uh, but they clinched the playoffs. Uh, the defense for Seattle is also getting a lot healthier. Carlos Dunlap was back in this game. He had a sack. Jamal Adams was doing Jamal Adam things. We know about Bobby Wagner. We all, we know about Shaquille Griffin. Uh, yeah, man, scary, very scary. Another bird team, the Baltimore Ravens. They took care of business against the Jaguars. They won forty-six to fourteen. This, I mean, this was over at at the just start of the game, right? I mean, nobody. Nobody thought that the Jaguars were going to even come close. Uh, the Ravens were able to sit down some key starters as well. Claes Campbell didn't play. A couple corners rested. So that was good um, for them. No Marcus Peters. So, yeah, I mean, they're getting healthier. They thought, you know, they have to win out, but they thought that they could take. Uh, you know, this opportunity to get some guys really healthy. And so I hope that this is going to really pay off long-term. It was a good decision by John Harbaugh. Des Bryant got in the end zone, which is the first time he's done that in three years. It was a very emotional moment for him. Uh, it's a great story too. He's just battled through adversity, right? He signed for the saints and he had that brutal injury that people thought was going to end his career, but he's battled back. He came back this season, gets his first touchdown. And he could be an impact player come postseason if they get in. He really could. Uh, real quick on, um, well, I'll talk about Lamar Jackson before I move on. Uh, so there's a lot, I mean, this guy, for a guy that can't pass the ball, he did a really good job on uh, Sunday, 17 of 22, 250 yards and three touchdowns. And he did have a really bad interception, uh, near the red zone. He threw in a double coverage. Cannot do that. But, uh, he had a rushing TD to go along with those three touchdowns. He threw the defense was great. They had five sacks. Uh, Minshew actually didn't play terrible for Jacksonville. Um, no turnovers. I love their weapons, though. And it becomes really interesting. Uh, but their weapons, uh, the rookie running back, James Robinson, who I've praised a bunch. Uh, you got Keelan Cole, who's emerged, had a couple of nice catches. You got DJ Chark. You got the rookie, LaViscus Chenault. Their tight end spot, maybe you could say they're a little lackluster there. But uh, they got a ton of solid weapons on offense. And it makes it really interesting because uh, – Based on what, or because of what happened in this next game we're gonna cover, because the Jets on the road they beat the Rams 23 to 20. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. That's one chant people are probably saying. The other chant that a lot of Jets fans are saying right now is God damn it, Jets, shit, shit, shit. Because with this, with this win they now lose the number one draft pick. I'll go more into detail about that in a second, but let's cover the game first. Again, I, I said this on Friday too. I kind of foreshadowed it a little bit. There have been times this year, for whatever reason, the Rams just do not show up to play. I think they were looking ahead a little bit. Their next two games are tough. They play Seattle and then Arizona, both division rival games, both like huge playoff implications. So, you know, they're really tough, but you know, so I guess maybe it was a trap game. You come in, you think you're going to blow the jets out of the water and, you know, again, you don't trust don't, don't question like the like like the players on a, a team that has no wins. Like they are dying for to get to get one in the win column. They're every week you, you know, like Anybody can beat anybody in the NFL. There's always ridiculous stuff that happens. And so, yeah, it was a really solid win for the Jets. And it started with Sam Darnold, who was outstanding. Like I said, this is only the fifth game all year that the Jets, not just Sam Darnold because he's been out for a while, but the Jets, like, all year as a team, have had all of their wide receiver weapons. And it definitely showed. Darnold was looking. He was slinging it. He had confidence. They came out on fire. But, I mean, the MVP is definitely Frank Gore, Old, reliable, father time. <laughs> Again, the stat line's not pretty here. 23 carries for 59 yards. But I'll tell you what, he got in the end zone for one, and then he had the game-winning reception that got them a first down that put the Jets into victory formation. God, I love, love me some Frank Gore, man. 37 years young. Oh, my God. I just crazy he's out there running the ball still. 23 carries? I don't know how his knees still move. It's absurd. That was his 240th game, which is the most by any running back in league history. Oh, man. I hope you retire a niner, friend. I really do. I hope you're in the Hall of Fame because, again, it's not compared to other guys, right? You think of in the Hall of Fame, he's not as explosive. He's not like a, wow, look at that, but he's just so freaking consistent. Great pass blocker. He just does the job. If you need the three, if you need the the third and one, he gets it. If If you have to score in the goal line, give him enough touches, he'll get in. He always falls forward. He never fumbles. If he does, it's very rare. Like he had one last week, very rare. And he's just a great teammate, great player. And I don't think there was anybody more excited than him to get that win yesterday. Uh, just incredible, man. I, I love Frank Gore. Really do. One of the best to ever do it. Honestly, fantastic. Oh, so good. For the Rams, let's talk about them real quick. This is a huge disappointment. Huge loss. Now, Because now Seattle goes on top of the division. You have to play them next week. Your confidence is low, and it's brutal. You go from like maybe getting the number one seed to now you're on the – you could potentially – I mean, if they lose their next two, then I believe that the Cardinals would be in over the Ra- – I mean, that would be just a disaster. They'll bounce back from this, but, oh, man, like it was in their hands to win this division. And now I just, uh, it's going to be tough. It really is. Next week, next week's game against Seattle is huge. Massive playoff implications there. But now with this win, it's got to be so brutal with the Jets. Being a Jets fan has got to be just one of the most difficult things ever. With this win, Jacksonville now has the first overall pick, which is Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence. They, the reason they have it now is because they've had the easier strength of schedule. So they've had an easier schedule, and they still have the same amount of wins. So they are the worst team. So it's brutal. Uh, the Jets' next two games, just to foreshadow a little bit, they play the Browns and then the Patriots. The Jaguars' next two games, they play the Bears next weekend, and then to end their season, they play the Colts. Now, Indy could be secured in their playoff spot. And they might, they might not be able to move depending on what happens. I don't, I don't think that's the case, though, because right now Indy is tied with Tennessee. So they kind of have to win out. So it looks like Jacksonville is probably on track to get the number one seed. Doug Marone, head coach for Jacksonville, though, he has come out and said that we are not tanking. We're not going to try to tank. Management hasn't suggested that to me at all. So they're going to try to get wins here and try to grind out games. It's crazy. Uh, the 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 Jags wins. The, the Jags uh, win was week one. They haven't won since. Since I don't know if that's. I mean, is that worse? Maybe I don't know. Same thing for the Jets. So yeah, I mean, good question mark win for the Jets. I don't know for the players. I'm ecstatic, man. You don't want that on your resume, especially Frank. I mean, Frank the Tank. Yeah, put that on his Hall of Fame resume, that he was on a 0-16, absolutely not. No, 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 no. So, big win for that ball club and the Jets. I think Adam Gates is indifferent about the whole thing. I don't think he gives two shits. He's on the – I mean, I, I don't think he's there. Uh, watching him on that sideline during that game, there was, like, no emotion. He was just a very, like, monotone, straight face. It was – I don't get but a uh, good win for the Jets. I'm happy for Sam Darnold. I'm happy for Frank, Dor- Frank Gore. I'm happy for that team of players. I'm sad for the Jets fans. A <laughs> couple more games here. Two bird teams clashed in Arizona, and this was a great game. Could be the game of the afternoon. This was outstanding. The Cardinals, they held on, though. They beat the Eagles 33-26. to At one point, Arizona was up 16-zip to zip in the first quarter. The offense was cruising. They got a safety from their defense, and I thought this was going to be a rout. But Jalen Hurts, oh, man, the rookie quarterback coming in for Carson Wentz. He's been eaten. Sharks are born swimming, all right? And he has been out there grinding. Uh, They were a Hail Mary away, the Eagles were, from uh, maybe sending this game to overtime, but they couldn't do it in the end. Um, Arizona's defense, they have uh, been – they're okay like they're they're I think they're like probably above middle of the pack but the one thing they've been able to do these past two weeks is get after the quarterback and that's really all that matters they've had they had six sacks in this game really impressive now part of that probably is on Jalen hurts holding the ball too long as the rookie but still I mean that's a lot of sacks to give up and the offensive line for the Eagles is also really injured but still I mean they they got it done. And then, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about a certain wide receiver that the Texans let go. I don't understand. DeAndre Hopkins, who just time and time again proves why he's in consideration for being the best wide receiver in the league. I mean, what he can do? like There's just plays that he makes where you just, you just, you're stunned. You sit there, like, eyes wide, mouth open. What the hell did I just see? How is that even possible? Even the announcers were like, oh, he didn't catch that. And then he immediately it's like, oh, my God, that's a touchdown. Holy shit. He's so good. Kyler Murray, also the quarterback for Arizona, outstanding. I think he's healthy again. That's a big difference. I, I, you know, He had a rushing touchdown, which was good. He also had 406 yards passing, three touchdowns as well. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, nine receptions for 170 yards, and the touchdown grab which was it could be the touchdown grab of the year. I mean, uh, he has two of them. I think he has, if he had to put, like, top three touchdown grabs this season, like, I don't know what number three would be. Maybe that's Stephon Diggs' grab in that same game, the Hail Mary game. But it's that grab. And then number two, you have DeAndre Hopkins in this game. And then number one is his Hail Mary grab. So, yeah, he's just incredible. He's so good. With Philly, though, and Jalen Hurts, I mean, take a bow, rookie. Keep eating, son. Second start of his career, first road game, 338 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He also had 64 yards on the ground. Man, this draft class, I'm telling you, man, this it's insane. All the quarterbacks, the receivers, the good defensive players. This could be one of the best draft classes this, like, decade. Well, does, does 2020 count towards, I don't know. It's incredible, though. Outstanding. On the other side of things, though, with Philly, what the hell are you going to do with Carson Wentz now? Especially since Hurts has looked so good. Hurts so good, baby. Uh, Doug Peterson looks like he's probably going to retain his job based on how Jalen's looked these past two games. For some reason, people asked who the quarterback was going to be next week. I have no idea why Jalen's the starter. Doug Peterson announced that today. Uh, yeah, I just – how are you going to deal with Carson Wentz? Because his stock – if the Eagles keep, like, you know, playing well here, Wentz stock is plummeting even further. You need, like – you needed Hurts to come out there and suck, which unfortunately didn't happen in order to, like, save Wentz's stock a little bit. But now it's like, why the hell would we want to bring in Carson Wentz? Clearly, like, he – Doug Peterson knows how to run an offense. offensive. The rookie, the rookie can come in there and have success. But there's so many other factors – I still stand my ground with the opinion that Wentz is a franchise quarterback in this league. Uh, I just think that there's certain circumstances that happen that you really shouldn't, uh, you know, blame entirely on Carson. Uh, first one overall, uh, first first thing I could think of is drafting Jalen Hurts. Probably shouldn't have done that when you're paying your quarterback an absurd uh, an absurd amount of money. Why even try to mess with his, like, mental state there? So, yeah, there's a lot of issues. I don't have a solution. I I'm I'm I will be really intrigued how they get themselves out of this situation. No idea how they're going to do it, but I love watching Jalen Hurts go out there and ball. It's it's fantastic. Good win for Arizona now. They are in that final NFC playoff spot. They are one game above Chicago. They're next two though, like I said, not a walk in the park. They play the Niners next and then the Rams to end their season. The uh oh, I'm gonna okay. Two games left. I was gonna start with the Chiefs Saints, but let's let's start let's talk about Sunday Night Football real quick uh, because this game sucked. It was uh, I have no idea why the Chiefs Saints game wasn't Sunday Night Football. I I, I don't know. It makes no sense. But it wasn't. We had Browns against the G Men, the New York Giants. Now two weeks ago, it might have been good because the Giants upset the Seahawks. They were flying things like that, but I mean this was a snooze fest. Uh, the Browns won twenty to six. Giants offensively could not do a damn thing. They also were shooting themselves in the foot. They had they went for it twice on uh, in fourth down in the red zone. The first time they ran this like fake field goal slash like punt thing, where their their holder went went back into shotgun and tried to pass to a tight end. I I, I just really trying to overthink things. I mean, if you're going to go for it, then put your offense out there, get your playmakers on the field, and try to convert and score a touchdown. So that was weird. Then their second, uh, fourth down decision in the red zone, they tried to run run for it to get in, and uh, they were stopped short. On a different day, I think that he gets the first down. Some of the spot spots, uh, uh, the offic- the spot the spotting in some of the games uh, were really bad. Uh, I didn't, even, I didn't touch about touch on it, but the uh, Bucks Falcons game late on in that game, uh, the Bucks are trying to you know run out the clock, get a first down, and it was a third and like three maybe. Fournette tries to run, picks up like two yards. He's clearly short of the line to gain, and there's a video where you see a ref move the ball like a foot forward, and they get the first down. That took points off the board. I believe the line for that game was five and a half. It was like a complete swing. So yeah, Tampa doesn't cover because of that. So yeah, that was that was brutal. I don't I, I don't understand what happened there. But again, uh, a different ga- a different day. The Giants pick up a first down here. I thought that the line judge kind of messed up on the spot. But it was fifty fifty. You can't really challenge those plays. It's hard to over reverse. Uh, hard to reverse. So yeah, those two plays were weird. I get it from the Giants perspective, right? You're on the outside looking in. If you win this game, you go top of the NFC East. Uh, Joe Judge tried to be aggressive here, but I just didn't like the play calls. Uh, the run was fine, but the the fake like the fake field goal where you're, where your your holder's going to throw a touchdown pass to like a backup tight end. Uh, really messy. Don't like it. Uh, so yeah, they're over three in the red zone. So they got down there again, and they had to kick a field goal. Let's talk about Cleveland, the Browns. They're now ten and four. They look like they're probably going to make the playoffs, pretty much in. Uh, but Baker Mayfield is who I want to discuss right now, because I, I've been very, I've been very critical of Baker. I won't lie. I uh, I still got my opinions about him long term in this league, but I'll tell you what, man. He's feeling dangerous. He's on fire. These past few weeks, he has been great. And it's weird to say, but they are better, the Browns are, without Odell Beckham Jr. They are. They just – the offense works better. I think it's – you know, when you have a superstar like Odell, you want to try to force feed him the ball, get the ball in his hands. I think that makes them be unbalanced. And with, you know, without him, Baker spreads the ball around, around a lot more. He feels more comfortable, he's getting the other guys involved, and uh, it looks it looks good. It really does. I mean, but he he's just he's got a ton of confidence right now, and you can see it. He was shooting lasers last night, just drilling people in the hands. He was making ridiculous throws. He had a touchdown pass to Jarvis Landry, where I mean, he he missed a wide open Njoku in the end zone, his tight end, but he was just like he he was he just he, he was just in the zone where he's like, I can make this throw. Like that's what you, that's what you're seeing right now out of Baker. He's like, he's gunning it. He looks sharp. He, he again, he's just oozing confidence right now. And so yeah, it's very exciting to see. And you know that I think they play uh, they play uh, the Jets next week. But then Week 17 against Steel, the Steelers. I mean that could be that could be a pretty solid game. It could be really good. Uh, but yeah, his numbers last night. And this is a solid John Giants defense, mind you. They're, they're really good. They contained Russell Wilson last week. They slowed down Arizona. And, you know The offense has been the issue, not the defense for the Giants. And you know, they definitely gave their offense some chances last night too. They just could not get it done. But uh, against this really solid Giants defense that can get after the quarterback, solid secondary, Now no James Bad- Bradbury, but still, I mean, really talented on that side of the ball, 27 of 32 for 300 yards and two touchdowns excellent man he's really good and for the first time in a long time looks like cleveland's gonna finally get into the playoffs which is great to see uh for the g-men they're they're not out of it and again i'll discuss all those playoff implications tomorrow i'll get into like who's the strength of schedule like who who plays who especially in the nfc east like who plays who there i'll talk about the nfc west as well and uh yeah I'll, i'll kind of break down everything last game we're gonna cover though Chiefs, Saints, the Kansas City Chiefs, they hold on to beat the Saints 32-29. to Sixth game now where Kansas City has only won by one score. Um, what I learned in this one is you just don't pick against the Chiefs. You don't do it. Even if they're not playing their best football, which they aren't. Even if they're you know not able to blow teams out right now, which they aren't. Even if they make mistakes, which they did. It's still the Chiefs, and they're still the best offense in the league. They still find ways to get it done, and they have the best quarterback in the league, Patrick Mahomes. If you didn't watch this game, you should go watch highlights of this game, because what he does is just unfair. And at the same time, it's just incredible. I was—I think I was more amazed at the plays that didn't count, that were incompletions, Than the plays that he actually made. And he made some ridiculous plays. I don't know if there's. This is going to sound weird to say, but this, like, because the Chiefs scored 32 points, but the Saints defense played great. You might be thinking, well, they scored 32 points. How the hell did they play great? You got to watch this game because they were great. I think they sacked Mahomes three times. They forced turnovers. They uh, they were outstanding. They got him off the field on third down. It was just Patrick Mahomes making play after ridiculous play after ridiculous play. The touchdown he threw to, I believe it was Hardman. Where it's He's rolling to his left. He's backpedaling, rolling. He's near the sideline, and he finds Hardman in the back left corner of the end zone, drops in a beautiful pass. Pe- it's absurd. He had a play down the field where he's rolling to his right, He's about to like he looks like he's about to get sacked. He jukes the defender, goes back inside, and then on the on the run throws a thirty yard dart to Travis Kelsey for a first down. I, oh, it's like what do you do? Like it was like second and fifteen. What do you do there? It's crazy to me. Now I did want to say though, on the other side, Drew Brees was not good at all. He was horrendous. I thought that there would be some rust at the same time, though. They're not going to throw him out there if they don't think he's 100%. So I expected, you know, to work through some kinks in the first half, maybe first quarter, and then we're going to get dealing. But he, I mean, throughout, he was awful. He completed less than 50% of his passes. I don't know if he's ever done that. I mean, he was very bad. Uh, now they didn't have Michael Thomas, who they missed, but they still were able to move the ball a lot down the field, and uh, they did have chances to win this game, uh, but they just could not sustain drives. Only one of eleven on third down. Yeah, not good enough. It was just yeah. You pick the Chiefs. You just until they lose, you got to pick the Chiefs. That's just how it works. Uh, you know that they're just that good. I still think that they're not playing their best football. I still think they're playing with fire a little bit. The fact that the Saints came back and almost had a chance to win, Uh, the Chiefs ended up picking up a first down. Otherwise, the Saints might have been able to get into field goal range, send it to overtime. And the thing that that Andy Reid does more than any other head coach is that he puts the ball in Mahomes' hands to go get the first down in the end of the game. Where most people, when they're trying to, you know, near the end of the game, there they just run it three times and the defense can stop them. Then they get a chance. With no timeouts left to go down. Whereas second and eight, he's got Mahomes rolling out and passing to Travis Kelsey for the first down. And, and and then the game's over. So not enough people do that. Again, some teams shouldn't do that. But when you have Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, you could probably get away with that stuff. And more often than not, they're going to get it done. I mean, who do you trust at the end of the game here? Like your rookie running back or Le'Veon Bell? or do you trust Patrick Mahomes to make a good decision and get the ball and get you out of there with a W? It's Patrick Mahomes every day of the week. But, yeah, it was a exciting game. I think it could have been better if Drew Brees had to suck the piece, which is just, again, you, you expect him to have some rust, but, you know, no Michael Thomas. I still thought that they had an opportunity to win. The defense played great, considering uh, this could be a potential Super Bowl matchup. And so, yeah, I think uh, – you know, it was a good game. It should have been Sunday Night Football. I have no idea why it wasn't. But Patrick Mahomes, God, I mean, oh man. If you have if you didn't watch this game, you should go to YouTube. Like just type in Cheese vs. Saints. I think the NFL has uh, NFL has a channel. Go watch the highlights of Patrick Mahomes. Outstanding. Phenomenal. That's it for all the games, though, this weekend. Let's talk very quickly about the bets. Despite the picks not always working out, I was a couple we, – we, we missed a couple this week. Uh, but the bets, we were fuego on the bets this week. Camel, 5-1-1 one and one on the bets. So Buffalo minus 5.5. Camel, uh, Indy minus 7.5. That sucked. Uh, that was a bummer. Uh, I, again, that's a lot of points. Uh, it was close. Uh, the kicker for the Texans, he almost missed a field goal. That would have been outstanding. Uh, The the Texans just play well against the Colts. I don't know what it is. They just... Deshaun Watson likes playing Indy. Miami minus three. Now, on Friday, that was the line. It ended on Sunday. Uh, New England was favored. So it ended up being Miami plus one, which I loved. Uh, So, yeah, that hit. Cameo. Uh, Arizona minus six and a half. Cameo. And then uh, New Orleans plus three. That was a push, uh, which is still a win. So we take those. And then the two upset bets. So I talked about how Washington plus five and a half. or It ended up being six and a half. I said that wasn't really an upset. They could probably beat them. But I still threw it down there. So they covered Cameroon. And then uh, the Jets. J-E-T-S. Or uh, shit, shit, shit. Depending on what. If you're a Jets fan. Um, they obviously, they won outright. So they covered the plus 17. Cameroon. So it was a good weekend. For Vets. Uh, the picks were okay. Uh, but Yeah. Solid weekend, and it doesn't have to stop. Although it'd probably be better if all the games were yesterday because this one tonight, boy, not very good. Uh, So we got the eleven and two Steelers taking on the two and ten Bengals. Is it two and two and wait? Wait a minute. Is it two and eleven Bengals? Did I read that wrong? Is are they two and eleven or three and eleven? Oh man. Okay. Anywho. Yeah. Pittsburgh's. I'll look that up in a second. Pittsburgh's a fourteen point favorite. It doesn't matter what the Bengals' record is. Uh, without Joe Burrow, he just can't do anything. It's a bummer. I, I would have loved to watch Burrow tonight. He's 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 been outstanding. Uh, a lot of the, all the rookie quarterbacks this year have been really awesome. It's been great to see them. But uh, well, until next year, Burrow, stay get healthy, come out here and be outstanding like you were. Yeah, two and ten, eleven and two. Wait, why? How does that work? Am I missing something here? Two and t- oh, they have a tie. That's what it is. Two ten and one. I forgot the tie. Yeah, they tied with Philly. The two ten and one Bengals taken on the eleven and two Steelers. There we go. All right, Pittsburgh fourteen point favorite. So yeah, um, no Joe Burrow. The Bengals don't have a chance. Even if they had Burrow, it'd still be really difficult. Uh, Brandon Allen, who's been their quarterback, uh, he's he's out with an injury, so it's going to be Ryan Finley, who came in when Burrow got initially hurt against Washington, and uh, he was not great, but he, so he's in there. You have no Joe Mixon, the running back for the Bengals. They're without their linebacker, Logan Wilson. It's not looking good. For Pittsburgh, no James Conner. They're also down three linebackers, uh, Spillane, Spillane, who was their other guy to step up once? Uh, once Devin Bush went down, he now went down, and so yeah, they're really thin there. They have the rookie Alex Highsmith. They have the guy that they traded for from the jet, from the Jets, excuse me, Avery Williamson, and then they have a backup guy in Cassius Marsh. That's it, though. Um, if the Pittsburgh Steelers win this game, they I believe that they clinched their division, so they have you know they have emphasis to play well. They again, they take care of business against the shitty teams. That's what they do. That's Mike Tomlin's a great head coach. They're well run, uh, so they're gonna blow out the Bengals here. It uh, it's again, I don't. There's not a world where Cincinnati wins this game, but they have been fighting this year. There's no quit in the Bengals. They're gonna come out with energies. They're at home. They're gonna play for their head coach. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, without Burrow, it, they're just not exciting. So I wouldn't blame me if you don't watch this game. I'll probably have it on in the background. If you're looking for something to watch tonight, the basket hoop season starts. Two games tonight. at uh, We got the Golden State Warriors. Now, they're without Klay Thompson, that stinks. But Steph Curry's back, and he's must-watch. So we got the Warriors taking on the new Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And then after that, we got... A L.A. showdown. We got the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George taking on the defending champs, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Lake Show. So, yeah, if you don't want to watch football, Basket basket Hoops is there. That season's starting. So, yeah, you can watch that instead. I'm taking the Steelers. No shock there. Uh, They're going to blow them out. And then tomorrow I will cover the whole playoff situation and explain that. That's going to do it for this episode. We're running a little... I mean, you know, these ones tend to run a little bit long, but this one's going a little bit longer. Talked about some golf. We did a lot. Talked about some golf. Got some basket hoops in at the end there. Uh, So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, feel free to share it. Friends, family, all that fun stuff. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Yerkes for that. Follow the podcast on Instagram, at Yerkes Talks, or on Spotify, or subscribe to Apple Podcasts. So this week... A little announcement at the end here. I'm going to do only, and I'll talk about this th- throughout the week, but I'm thinking we'll only do have four episodes this week. Thursday, we'll have a like Christmas Eve special. I don't know what we're going to call it, but something like that. And so, yeah, Friday obviously is Christmas, so I'm going to spend that with the family. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's the plan for this week. That's how it's going to go. All right, so have a uh, good rest of your Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you're having a great start to your week. Go get that last-minute Christmas shopping done. Go watch some sports, and I'll see you in the next one.